I had this one woman ask me about a month ago. What about overpopulation? How are you justifying your stance on life given the massive amount of humanity that's in the world? I said, well, do you rejoice when an earthquake hits Central or South America and thousands of people die? And she said, no, of course not. And I said, well, then that, in essence, makes you pro-life because you're sad at the killing of your fellow human beings. Well, welcome to our first podcast. I'm here uh, with Tim Moore. I'm Dennis Russell. We'll be doing this uh, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Tim, you've been wanting yep. to do this uh, podcast for a while now. Uh, what are your hopes? What are you looking for here? Yeah, I've been wanting to do a podcast for uh, Right to Life at least for two years. And so I got a lot of things in my head that I want to get out. Um, you know, our, our core mission is education, information, and advocacy in no particular order. So uh, I, I'd like to try to explore some of those issues of education in uh, life issues, uh, information you know, where folks can get help or where they can go for more uh, strictly data. And then advocacy, what what can we as a pro-life community, how can we advocate well and efficient and respectfully, uh, both with our elected leaders and with each other or with our churches, with our neighbors, without being offensive or, or uh, caustic. So that's my goal for the podcast in general. Okay, nice. Uh, You mentioned information, uh, education, and advocacy. Yeah. Uh, On the advocacy side, would you, um, I don't know, what kind of work have you done as far as like networking with um, elected officials? Have you had much experience in that? Yeah, as a recovering politician, uh, kind of learned how to interact with elected officials um, and then also that gives me a little bit of cachet with folks in the in the Springfield community at large um, to reach out and say, hey, what, why are we doing this? Why is this bill um, moving through the legislature or why is a bill that we think is worth supporting? Why is it stuck somewhere in the legislative process? And, and just how do you do that? Well, again, with uh, uh, with some aplomb and some uh, courteous uh, behavior, as opposed to you know grabbing the the legislator by their their uh, collar uh, and shaking mm-hmm. them, which we, I know a lot of us feel like we have to do sometimes. But but you know you kind of do that in a in a format that is uh, acceptable and um, productive. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's all about uh, making friends and having people actually listen to you. Yeah. Listening, like you just said, mm-hmm. that's a key because we don't want to just get folks who support our views to uh, help sponsor legislation or vote against legislation or uh, take other action in, in the government. We also want to persuade people who are on the fence or, frankly, people from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I met with a legislator recently in his office and he brought up the fact that he would like me at some point to come and talk with one of his colleagues who is not ostensibly pro-life. Sure. Uh, 
but is a very big supporter of adoption and adoption mm. laws and making laws in Illinois easier uh, on adoptive parents. And how do mm-hmm. we make that work? Because that's pro-life too. For sure. And we have to keep that focus uh, on the full umbrella, not just on the handle. The handle of the pro-life movement is is the abortions that are going on at Planned Parenthood next door or around the state. And it's not just Planned Parenthood. There are others, right, uh, besides Planned Parenthood. They're just the, they're the most easy to identify. But there's also euthanasia issues. If you're not familiar with that term, that's the essentially killing the old folks off or mm-hmm. the people that are infirm or mentally uh, not sentient, people that might be in a coma. Um, there's also, I mentioned adoption a few minutes ago. We need to look at how our laws really are an obstacle to easy uh, and charitable adoptions. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, that, that goes along. Um, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is immigration. And sure. a hot button issue now is illegal immigrants. How can we stop those along the same lines as you were talking about abortion? You know, there's a lot of things that go into how we stop illegal immigration, but also we need to fix our immigration laws. It's a whole whole bundle of issues, kind of like you were saying with the... It is. Yeah, uh, with the abortion and adoption. There's there's a lot of facets that need to be improved upon so that we can have a functioning society. Yeah, again, if you look at an umbrella as a word picture and, and the handle of the umbrella um, as the as the baby in the womb and the, and helping the mom make the choice for life, you know, there's a panel that's immigration. There's a panel that's euthanasia. There's a panel that's adoption. There's a panel that's donating blood. There's a Mm -hmm. panel that is being kind to your neighbor. Um, Most people are fundamentally pro-life where the rub comes is when their view of natural rights that adhere to the human person interfere with their own uh, reality of what they think is good and right and just. And part of our job is to educate them that we have to look at every person in the eyes of our Lord and looking at the dignity of the person and then how do we fulfill that. For sure. Yeah. And Tim, you mentioned earlier that you're a recovering uh, politician, you said. <laughs> right. Uh, I also understand you're a recovering lawyer. Yes. True yes. story. Nice. Um, just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where um, you, You've been a politician. You've been a lawyer. You're now the president here of Springfield Right to Life in pro-life ministry. Just what uh, what else have you done that's interesting, or or how do you get to this point? Well, I'm I, I've been a beekeeper, which is really mm. fascinating. Uh, highly recommended if you don't mind uh, uh, that tens of thousands of stinging insects flying around your head at any given time. Uh, I I like to do a hobby farming. Um, I have an orchard that uh, needs more work than I can put into it, but I enjoy doing it anyway, and. Um, yeah, the law part is uh, something I always wanted to do. So I went to law school after being in the Army, uh, which is where I met my lovely wife, Donna. And 
and went to law school. And uh, I do keep my license active because it's helpful, for example, when we had to do some legal work for the building that we're in or, mm-hmm. or you know, being a lawyer is in many ways like being a secular priest. You know, all the where all the information is to, mm-hmm. to get decisions made or, or how to move it through the process. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been in uh, pro-life ministry here? You've been president of the Springfield Right to Life for two years now, right? No, three, uh, three years. Three years. Four years. Oh, Sorry. Okay. This is my fourth year coming up on my fourth year. So I'm surprised they haven't evicted me yet. So. <laughs> Uh, they're they're probably scared to to do it because of your your law degree. No, uh, must be. I'll yeah. sue them for it, right? No, no, not at all. I have a great board. They're terrific people that I enjoy working with very much. I've learned a great deal. So that um, a lot of times when I give interviews like this one or on on television or radio, uh, or I'm out in the community doing things, I get I get a lot of the the praise. Uh, that really belongs to the board and mm-hmm. our incredible volunteers and our uh, phenomenal staff uh, here at Right to Life. That that's where that's coming from. I'm just the spear point tip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my life was changed. Uh, my mind was changed on on the abortion issue a couple times, going back and forth, and so. Um, my legal training helped with that to help me resolve the tragic, ill-conceived opinion of Roe versus Wade. Mm. Um, and then there have been important people in my life, including my wife, Donna, and my sister, Marie, and uh, my mother, Rose, some very important influential women in my life that have helped me to uh, become more pro-life, whatever that means, you know, because in, in pro-life, you, a lot of times, as we mentioned earlier, you'll say, well, I like giving blood. Oh, well, that makes you pro-life. And they're like, well, no, really, I'm not. I'm really, you know, I think that a woman should have a right to choose and so forth and so on. And and when you remind people that the things that they do uh, are inherently pro-life, then they they start thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. And and, and I use that example because in, in a way that happened with me in terms of how uh, there wasn't just a magic moment where I said, by golly, I'm a pro-life from this day forward. It, it's a process. And we have to be aware of that in our in our role as as pro-life advocates, that um, education is a key part. Mm-hmm. When we put the science out there and we put that in front of the public, like at the state fair, you see people's minds change. You see the light come on. You sure. see them say, oh, my gosh, that the baby has a heartbeat at 18 days. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so they might say that might get them to say. And I heard this from a podcaster the other day. He said, "I, you know, I was I was like not pro-life period, the end. And as I studied the science of it, as I've had had people guests on his show that he knew were pro-life, incrementally, he's becoming more and more Mm pro-life. He's still not 100%, whatever that means, right? Like my shirt says 100% pro-life, but but he's probably 89%. 
Okay, nice. And I think that happened with President Trump too. Sure. You know, and yeah, yeah, I remember him talking about that um, on the on an interview or, or whatnot. He was uh, saying that you know, just over the course of several years, he his mind was like wavering. I think, and then I think it was when he saw um, the ultrasound image from uh, I want to say a, a grand uh, mm-hmm. grandchild, grandchild, yeah, yeah. That all of a sudden he just thought. Mm, that really is a baby. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because before that, before the, you know, the election or before he decided to run for office, it, it's kind of the easy, convenient and popular thing to say. Yeah, man, I think, you know, uh, abortion is is a is a woman's right and so forth. Uh, but as you start looking into it. Um, and if you acknowledge science as fact in terms of what's happening biologically Mm -hmm. you have to be a science denier as they like to say right and i know for a fact uh related to to trump himself is that father frank pavone was here in 2016 and father pavone told me and donna that he had met with trump and was still meeting with trump on the life issue, not from like uh, a priest and and member of the the parish perspective, but he was able to educate Mr. Trump to the point and kind of be his go to person. What, what about this? What about that? Because there are a lot of, a lot of questions like that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I want to uh, change gears a little sure. bit here. Um, you've spent a lot of time um, outside of Planned Parenthood, right next door to our office here. Uh, counseling people on the sidewalk who are coming in, um, who are abortion minded, yes, pregnant um, ladies and whatnot. And uh, I just wanted to ask um, if you have the a, a story or something, the most impactful conversation, um, most impactful to you. What what's a story that stuck with you? Well, there's a there's many because a lot of times counseling is is an odd term. Uh, the Supreme Court calls it sidewalk counseling. So that's the term that we use. Sure. The reality is that you have about three seconds to say, hey, would you like some free information? Mm-hmm. And as you know, or at least you will know more as we go through the training, there's a lot more that you can do there if the if that person gives you the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I think has been most impactful is the fact that we're there at all mm-hmm. and that uh, – when they see us, it has, it causes them to think. In the law, you have this notion that you can't unask a question. You can't unring a bell. Mm. And if we can put a question in their mind as they're coming through the sidewalk into Planned Parenthood, then sometimes we can change that mind. So on the whole, that that's a big thing. Uh Sometimes it's hard to not be incredibly sorrowful because we know it's anecdotal, but we pretty much know who's coming in for an abortion and who's not. Mm-hmm. And when we know that and we pray for those folks, uh, and when the numbers mount up, that gets depressing. For sure. Um, I hate to quote Joseph Stalin, but he said that one. One death is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in that I think he's unfortunately right. You know, we're at 60 million and counting abortions in America since yeah. 1973. The other thing that's been interesting about sidewalk counseling is its impact on our neighbors, the Planned Parenthood staff, sure. the, their operation, uh, how they do business. And if we had a video, and maybe you can attach this for the folks that are interested, they've planted about, I don't know how much it costs them, but they've planted a lot of high dollar shrubbery mm-hmm. next door. Yeah, kind of a, a barrier wall. Yeah, a barrier yeah. wall of trees. Yeah. And these are mature trees. These aren't little bitty two foot yeah. high trees. And the purpose of those was to shield their folks from seeing our prayer warriors out on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when they have to spend money <clears throat> to keep their people, their patients, so to speak, in ignorance. Mm-hmm. Likewise, before we get went out on the sidewalk, their uh, volunteers, they're called escorts, would sit under the cabana next door, whether it was sunny or rainy or hot or cold. And uh, the ladies or gentlemen would pull up in their car and they'd walk the 15 feet to the impatient entrance. And when we came out on the sidewalk, they had to change that mm-hmm. because now their escorts have to come out in the rain, the cold, the the nasty hot heat. And the, right now we got buffalo gnats in Illinois. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful God's creation. And after I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why did you create mosquitoes and buffalo gnats? But they're out there. They have to come out with us. Uh, so we're disrupting what their normal workflow is like. For sure. And that's powerful. And then the third way I would think is we do influence the escorts that are here and the staff that are here, uh, the police officers that pull up. We influence them. And and we're always polite. We're never confrontational. Mm-hmm. We stand our ground and, and respond with logic and science. We don't we don't give the God talk. Um, but at the same time, we we are uh, we respect them as fellow humans and and fellow thinkers. If they ask us questions, we answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the invitation is always open. Some of our prayer warriors have have engaged the escorts in good conversation. Some of it's very pleasant. Some of it is, I had this one woman ask me about a month ago. <clears throat> what about overpopulation? How, how are, you know, how are you justifying your stance on life given the massive amount of humanity that's in the world? Mm-hmm. And so we had a discussion. It was very interesting. And I said, well, do you rejoice when there's a tsunami that kills 50,000 people in, mm. in uh, you know, Eastern Asia? Or sure. do you rejoice when an earthquake hits Central or South America and thousands of people die? And she said, no, of course not. But those are natural disasters. And I said, well, likewise, then that, in essence, makes you pro-life because you're sad at the killing of your fellow human beings. Yeah. And so I'm on the other end of that. I want to keep these babies these uh, from dying now, and I also want to help those moms and dads, frankly, uh, from from experiencing that sorrow. Sure, yeah, and something that just occurred to me is, you know, with abortion, you're not solving an overpopulation issue. You're you're killing people, not 
before they come into the world, but after they've already come into the world. There's there's people already here. The babies, you know, in um, when a woman's pregnant, there's already a person there. So, there's already a person there. Yeah. So yeah, you're not you're not stopping overpopulation. You're you're killing people to reduce the population. Yeah. And that, that is a huge difference there. It is true. And, and in a lot of Western countries, there's actually a negative population, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in terms of repopulating the replacement level of right. humanity. The other thing I wanted to ask you is uh, you've been president of uh, Springfield Right to Life for four years now, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. And what um, if you had... Like a million dollars donated oh to your gosh. organization. You know, yeah. what, what is your, your dream or your vision? What would you mm. do first with that? It's a great question. Um, I'm working on a short story series uh, with uh, pro-life themes. They're not, not all open and obvious, but many of them, mm-hmm. many of them are. And in the last story... There's a woman who becomes the director of an abortion facility. Her name is Regina. And Regina is essentially uh, very pro-life. She becomes that director in order to stop the number of abortions coming through there. And what happens is she no women get abortions because she finds them other resources mm-hmm. that take away that need that we talked about earlier, whether it's housing or education or employment or vocational training mm-hmm. or uh, making adoption really easy. Yeah. Um, she helps empower the women so that they yeah. feel like they have a choice. Or or likewise helps uh, young couples because, you know, here I we've seen people next door where there's a young man and a young woman just visually, mm-hmm. they're clearly in love, and yet they're going in there to to kill their child. And what we know statistically is those relationships after that don't last. Just like if um, if a couple that's married loses a child through some tragedy or another, the divorce rate amongst those people is very high. Sure. And, and so part of what Regina provides in this scenario is a unlimited resource for our young women and our young men to make a choice for life that is is sustainable and long-term. And if you think about the man's part of the abortion issue, men have no choice. There is no pro-choice point for a, mm-hmm. a young man who finds himself with his girlfriend uh, unexpectedly pregnant, or could be his wife for that matter. Uh, he has no say in it whatsoever. So in that short story, that problem is resolved. And, you know, that's that's pie in the sky, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But it, it is doable. Um, in our world, we have two viewpoints of abundance. <clears throat> One is... There's not enough. And the abortion industry and the people who are, are wrapped up in the, the right to choose to have an abortion operate from a notion of scarcity. You talked about the population yeah, issue sure. earlier. There's not enough 
why are you <clears throat> why are you putting us in a position where we have to kill our own children so that we can all eat or have a job or mm-hmm. whatever? <clears throat> our side of it is we operate from a philosophy of abundance. And from my own faith perspective, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. And I just want one one cattle, right? So I can feed my family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And actually, you talked about, you know, those two differing um, uh, ways of viewing the world. You've got someone who thinks of the world as, you know, we're all competing for resources. And then someone else who thinks of the world as there are plenty of resources. And, you know, you just need to go and and claim those resources um, that there's enough for everybody. And that's um, that's even applicable in economics. Very when, true. Yeah, that's that's actually the first time that I had that those dual viewpoints brought to me was thinking about it um, in terms of economics and starting businesses, getting funding for businesses. There are people who are looking to give their time and their money. You know, you just need to go find them. So there's enough brilliant people on both sides of the issue that I believe wholeheartedly. If we could get together and set aside our caustic uh, sacred cows, back to the, our cow cow theory, back to the sacred cow. If we could set that aside and say, okay, let's just set aside the premise of abortion for a moment, and let's talk about the needs of that woman or that young family. How can we resolve that? Either through charities or civic action or education or government programs. Um, Right now, we spend about $500,000 a year in funding Planned Parenthood. We spend multiple millions on a national level Mm -hmm. funding Planned Parenthood. I want to say it's $400 million. But if we could take that same money and put it into programs that I was alluding to earlier, you would immediately see a drop in the number of abortions because if I can get vocational training with Tim as a beekeeper and raise my own bees and sell honey at the farmer's market and make enough money that I can support my family, then I don't need to to abort my child. Mm-hmm. If I can make enough money to work with Dennis to learn how to become a podcaster uh, or a marketer. I could work with Katie and learn how to become a marketer uh, and and work from home maybe so I can be with my child. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about the daycare piece and so on. You know, all of those needs can be satisfied, but we have to come at it from a viewpoint of abundance Mm -hmm. and then mentoring and trying to solve the issue instead of trying to use a band-aid solution or find other ways around the issue. Correct. Just, correct. Just solve it where there's a problem instead of trying to look elsewhere. Right. And back to my, my legislator friend who has the, the, the pro abortion minded legislator who is interested in reforming adoption law. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. meet, let's talk about it. Because if I can resolve that, I know immediately that the number of abortions will drop. I'm not saying that we shouldn't work towards 
putting laws on the books mm -hmm. that prevent abortion, I'm saying that we have to look at the issue from a 360 degree angle. Yep. So, Tim, to wrap up here, um, we got this uh, this podcast that we're doing now. Yeah. What um, what can we expect from it? What are you thinking? How often we're going to be doing it? Thinking about uh, video? What are your kind of your hopes here? Yeah, you know, I'm open to suggestions. So if our listeners have some ideas, we would certainly want to entertain those. I'd like to interview other pro-life leaders in the community and when i say leaders if you're if you're a pro-lifer you're a leader because mm -hmm. you're standing out there and you're sure. claiming your space on the sidewalk right uh, my wife and i uh we went through a list of people that we would like to interview and when i say we i mean you dennis and me mm -hmm. sometimes it'll be just you sometimes it'll be you and me together um It'll be, uh, we, we, we had a list of at least 80 people. So I got 80 people oh ramped up for you, right? Uh, from all aspects of, like my, I mentioned my wife, Donna, earlier and how she works with uh, Project Rachel to Father Frank Pavone. Mm -hmm. We could interview him, Troy Newman, uh, my friend Betty. Uh, others, all facets of the life issue. Again, yeah. I, I don't want it always to be about the handle of the umbrella. I want it to be the whole umbrella. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, now that said, I would I would also like I would like to do video to the degree that that's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, if our our listeners have some ideas, eh, I don't want to see Tim and Dennis talking on the radio, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, and you want to get some eye candy like Katie, you know, on here so that uh, it gives uh, some nice. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll scare everybody off. If yeah, we're I got a face yeah. made for radio, right? <laughs> yeah, my dad told me that all the time. It's true. It's true. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hear vouch for you. The second, the second thing is, I would like to do a shorter, probably just you and me, just on a specific issue. Sure. Which doesn't mean I'm the expert on everything. So we may bring people into that. But those would be like, you know, five, seven minute, uh, the law says, or science says, or mm -hmm. Simon says, you know, whatever you want to. You're you're the uh, idea guy, Dennis. So you're going to have to help me with that. And you're going to have to say, okay, let's talk about science this week, law next week, mm -hmm. culture the following week. Maybe we could talk about, have a one just on movies and entertainment. And here's yeah. some some podcast or so here's some movies that you want to check out and, and talk about those on the podcast that might be fun so it doesn't always have to be serious and oh my gosh you know the world's ending because mm -hmm. it, it 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 feels like that sometimes yeah. right but at the same time you know you got to have a spirit of joy because we're not looking to to stop something we're looking to change a culture and to to revive a dying culture absolutely right yeah yeah Something going from dead to alive is a joyous occasion. Yeah, yeah. When our Lord raised Lazarus from the dead, the, the first thing he said is is unbind him. And we yeah. want to unbind that that issue so that everybody can see the joy that we do we do experience. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't know too many pro lifers who are joyless, nasty, really. caustic people. I, they're usually pretty pretty spirit filled folks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, then um, just the last thing I want to ask you here is for the people who are listening who maybe aren't involved in pro-life ministry, but consider themselves pro-life. Sure. You know, they want to to help to uh, to end abortion in Illinois and the United States at large. What would you encourage them to do today, this week in general? You know, how can they 
get involved or spare some of their time for this ministry? The words that come to, to mind are, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And, you know, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is within you. And one of the things I think he meant by that is that you have the ability to bring God's kingdom here through your own person by your actions and following God's will. So I would suggest that that person pray and ask what God would have them do. It's it's always interesting. I have, as you know, probably 20, 30 people come out on a given a Thursday and pray. All they do is pray. They mm-hmm. sometimes hold up very, uh, very nice, joyful signs, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. But they that's what they do. They don't do anything. They don't come to a rally or mm-hmm. they might they might donate some some money to the organization to pay the light bills and so forth. But one guy who I just got off the phone with, uh, he said, I want to just come over and mow the grass. Mm. So he mows the grass. You know, so maybe I would say pray and then take baby God steps, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, call a legislator. You know, some people like me, I have no problem calling anybody and talking to anybody about it. But but not everybody has that gift. And I would, like Mother Teresa say, you know, you can do what I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I can do what you can't do. So maybe go talk to your pastor and say, how can I get the life message here? Yeah, in, for sure. In our church or go give blood. Somebody that might be their only thing they can do. My mom's 86 years old and she stays home and prays a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, just um, you mentioned people are out there um, praying at Planned Parenthood on Thursdays. Yeah. That's how I got into this position. Oh, okay, here. okay, good. I remember I was out there, and you, uh, you, you saw me there a couple uh-huh. times, and approached me, asked me if I wanted to be a little bit more involved here and work at the Right to Life in Springfield. So, yeah, if someone wants, I encourage people. You know, that's actually a really good experience if you want to spend an hour yeah. on a Thursday praying in front of Planned Parenthood. Yeah, just, come on uh, out. Yeah, you're, you're there to support the the women who are in need and who are being fooled and pressured into uh, getting an abortion there absolutely absolutely yeah that's a good that's a good example and maybe one of our podcasts will have to turn the tables and i'll interview you nice all right thanks dennis yeah well thanks for talking tim all right